Nikki and I never had the opportunity to sit in the same space with one another. It's something that we had wanted to do. And as things progressed with her illness, it just never allowed us to have the right opportunity. But the time that I spent with her in this conversation that you get to listen here in on in just a moment uh, will be with me always. The impact that she had and continues to have on my life will bear fruit in my life until I see her again. Nikki, this is so cool. So let me tell everybody that though you and I have connections with our families, you and I have never really met in person. And this is actually though we have been Facebook friends and texting kind of messaging friends for a little bit now. Um, this is the first time that you and I are looking at each other and talking like in the live. It is. And I that is so cool that you said yes to do this when we hadn't even had a chance to, to greet one another and, you know, whatever we do that's cool, whether it's an elbow or a hug or who knows what we're allowed to do these days. But um, I am so tickled to have you. I'm going to give all of your names because it sounds like you're a queen of some place. Um, and you are, I'm sure. But you are Nikki or Nicole. Mason Agnetti Brown. There you go. Or it's the other way around. No, it's Nick Nicole Agnetti Mason Brown. There you go. Because Agnetti, which is Italian, yes, um, is your maiden name. Absolutely. And then Mason is the name that you shared when you had your children, and you kept that. And then you are married to a lovely man, and his name is Brown. So that is the whole sequence right there. There you go. Secret well, sauce. Secret sauce. How do we know one another? Do you want to say so that I don't do all the talking? Because you know I probably could just talk the whole time. We know each other through my daughter's boyfriend, Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson. Like yeah, Jackson. Um, amazing young man I absolutely love. And um, met the Summers family. Oh, my goodness. How long have they been together? Like seven years? Well, I was going to say six, but probably seven. I know they've been officially together for five, a little over five, but I know okay. they kind of chatted for each other, like courted <laughs> um, a little bit before that. They were so tiny, like middle school when we met. Right. Yeah. So. Um, um, yeah. And I just saw Megan and you or you and Megan or whatever right then when you said they were so tiny. I can so yeah. see that you're her mama. Um, yeah. Um, my brother. I love my brother's kids, obviously. I don't have any of my own, so they are like the next, I won't even say next best thing. They're just that, they're just that. Um, but Jackson is um, my nephew and your daughter and he are the cutest, well, that sounds kind of condescending because they're now very mature young adults, but I mean, they're the cutest things ever and just really sweet. Megan is just sweet and smart has a lot of beautiful energy about her, but I came to be aware of who you were because of, because of Megan. And you just told me earlier that you are a native of Arizona. I am born and raised right here. And I mean, on the West side, even too, most of my life or all of my life. 
Yeah, mm. website. Don't we have like a sign? Yeah. Don't we have like a yeah, hand like thing a, we can do? Yeah. Just my fingers and yeah, yeah. right, right. All like gangster. Yeah, West exactly. Side. The West Side. <laughs> um, the, but you know, to be uh, to be a native of Arizona, I think it's probably with the younger generation becoming a little bit more common that they will be bringing up natives. But really, for a season there, when I first moved here, if I if someone said. Um, they were a native Arizonan. You're really qu quite rare because there was such an influx of, of people from all over the country that have moved here. And so you're one of the, you're old school, you're original. I'm an OG. Yeah. And do you ever desire, just because I ask this of everyone, I have <laughs> difficulty with the heat, but yet I'm still here. Nothing has blasted me out oh. in nearly 30 years that I've lived here. But do you gravitate towards this climate? I always have. I've always enjoyed it. I really have. Um, just recently, it's kind of, um, I can't tolerate it as long with the different like medications and antibiotics that I have. Um, but I do. I love it. I'm a lizard. I love being out in the heat. Flip -flops you know, mama, I love that you say you're a lizard because that's what I call my mom and my uncle Ron. They're, um, <laughs> they are like, I said, you guys are lizards. You just lay out on a rock. But, that, but that's really what it is if you have an inclination to be that way. Now you've You've tipped the hat to the fact that you are dealing with medications and we're going to get there, but that is yeah. one of the reasons that I was drawn to you because I knew that you were living out some things that were very challenging for you health-wise, but I kept seeing your beautiful face out hitting the the desert on a bike doing crazy um, I just, to me, it just seemed, I, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, and well, you did mention that you, um, you qualified, you podiumed, I think, is that what it was called? What I is have, it? yes. Yeah, I've and made so the podium. you started doing, um, mountain biking, or is it, is that mm -hmm. what you would call it? Mountain biking. Tell us a little bit about it, because obviously, it's not going to shock anyone listening, but it's completely foreign to me. Um, started cycling in general about four and a half, five years ago from a lovely invitation from my husband for us to do something together. So I was like, sure. <laughs> let's, let's join. I didn't really think it would be a thing that we would do long-term, but it's really turned into our love and passion and something that we really have done a lot of events together. We've done so many rides together. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I started cycling on the road and then that slowly transitioned into mountain biking because I just love being out in the mountains. I love hiking, the coyotes, the flower. I mean, all of it. I fell in love with just being outside in the desert. Um, growing up in the desert, I never really thought of it as a beautiful place until I really started venturing out into the desert and really doing some fun adventures that I fell in love and think the desert is just the absolute most beautiful place to be. Um, so I started mountain biking and then my husband was like, Hey, why don't you start challenging yourself and signing up for the different events that you could do? And so started signing up for some different mountain bike races and actually did well in my age group and category and have earned some really pretty medals. That is so yeah. fancy. It's so fancy. It's, I know. It's my you new know, I asked you before we got started, have you been <clears throat> outside gal i mean have you been drawn to 
being active and what have you. I, I don't, some people stumble into things and other, but you said that's always been a place of solace for you to be outdoors, to be active. It has been. I just, I mean, growing up, we were never allowed to sleep in. I don't, my dad just did not believe in sleeping in. You were up, you were doing chores, you were outside. Um, he didn't care if I was a girl, I was mowing the grass. I was doing all the hard stuff with my brother. So I was outside doing something all the time. And I actually, I just fell in love with it. I love being outside and just, I felt more at peace when I'm outside. So what, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I kind of, even though I don't have the history that you have mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons, um, two of which are my thighs, but um, that, that I don't have the history in the activity realm, I have, I will confess to you, this is one of the things I wanted to sit down and pick your brain over, that I have this, this gnawing interest to, particularly for hiking, um, mm -hmm. but I'm carrying my own um, built on backpack and, um, and it's back there, <laughs> I'm packing it, <laughs> um, but, what do you, can you make, uh, put words to what it, what that does for you to be outside? Because I feel like I know that I didn't have that growing up. I did have a dad like yours. We, I heard up and Adam yeah. before. Uh -huh. That was the phrase of probably the fathers in our loose generation, though I'm older than you, but uh, it was up and Adam and it was chores. And, you know, you just didn't, you know, where I know kids that sleep till noon, you know what I mean? These days, oh. and stuff. I mean, I just don't have any idea what that is. And I was active and we had a pool growing up and what have you. But when I started carrying extra weight, that just naturally encumbered, no pun intended, the process of being outdoors. But in the past two, three, four years, I've embraced this thing that I know is in there. Like I love the smell of pines. I love the smell of being out. But what is it for you in particular that that gives you that feeling that you're talking about? Oh man, so many things. I mean, growing up in a Christian home my whole life, um, I just appreciate small things. And when I'm outside and I can see the mountains, feel the breeze, see the flowers, look at animals, all the small things that you can pass by and not really pay attention to, that to me is coming directly from our creator and our heavenly father. And I just feel so much closer to him when I am in his creation like that, mm -hmm. that it just brings me so much peace and just joy and just makes me feel full. Like I just love it. It just, that's a smile that is glued to my face the whole time I'm out there. Even when I'm in the middle of like a really hard mountain bike event and we're in the middle of nowhere and I'm in so much pain and I'm like, why did I sign up for this? This is stupid. I can't do this. <laughs> I look at what I'm surrounded by and I'm reminded that I am so blessed to be able to pedal and to move my body in ways that some people may not be able to. And I just, I love it. I just it makes me feel closer to my, my heavenly father in so many ways. You know, when I was hearing you say that, what came to mind is many ways that I know that like, and I feel like that people that, that maybe step, have stepped aside or never stepped into the realm of mm -hmm. faith that they um, often say to me, how do you, in what ways does God speak to you? But I think that God speaks through um, 
what he's created, like you just said. Oh, absolutely. And I can imagine in, in, in ways that we, that there's a conversation going on that isn't about words, but it's about what we're feeling and that energy not to get, I don't mean, you know, like whatever, but I mean that, that feeling that we're sharing with God and what he's created is a conversation of sorts, not to get kind of artsy fartsy about it, but does that resonate with you? For me, it makes me feel small. I love feeling small. I love feeling that there's something so much bigger out there than me. And when I'm out in these mountains or different wherever I can be, the pines, wherever, um, I just feel small. I feel so small compared to everything else in this world and all the creation that surrounds us. And I love that feeling of feeling small because I'm reminded just, I don't know how beautiful life is. And there's so much more out there to do and see than what's around me right here. One of the things that, and I did share with you that it was selfish of me. Um, what? I'm selfish? <laughs> oh, I can't believe I confessed that. But um, that it was selfish of me to reach out to you or want to be connected to you in some way because I was inspired. And I felt like if, if I'm anything, I'm very fair and I'm brutally honest with myself. And I have struggled with a food addiction that I've just called it what it is, not to try and be trendy or dramatic, but there's a lot in my, uh, many in my family that struggle with addictions that aren't food related, alcohol and drugs, and have seen them leave this earth much earlier than they needed to because of it. So I know that the behaviors and stuff are there and blah, blah, blah. This isn't about me in that way, but I've really struggled. And consequently I'm facing those demons and that stronghold that's on my life in an addiction way. But what it has done is it has, I think it's fair to say it's robbed me. I've allowed it, but it's robbed me of some things that are challenging for me that I would love to do. And I'm trying to come to grips with it. But I happen to know a little bit more of your story. And I am seeing that there's this person, this woman, this beautiful woman, um, that is managing a significant challenge. And I'm gonna let you share what that is in just a minute. Mm -hmm. Yet she is still embracing. And I know things have been modified. I think Megan said some of the stuff that you did do, you can't do, but I mean, you're still, um, so honoring of that gift that you have to move. Let me just give you a little pinch of what something recently that happened to me that did take my breath away and it made me think of you again differently. I didn't share this. So I had a weird little scare and I haven't shared this on my podcast. Um, scare because it, it was an unknown and it had to do with a funky thing and an EKG that I had from a physical. Long story short, they ran a rigors of tests and one of them happened to be an echocardiogram. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, you know what? I've jacked myself up. I've been, I'm, I'm a fat <laughs> little tub a tub. And so they're going to find stuff. And so I'm laying down and, you know, I talked to everybody and the neighbor. So the gal was looking at me like, I have a job to do. Could you stop talking to me? So I hushed up for a minute and I was laying on my side and she was doing the ultrasound of my of my heart and I looked up at the screen and I saw this heart. Ugh, I'm getting choked up as I'm saying this. That's okay. Um 
I saw this heart going and it was keeping this rhythm. And I thought, okay, that's my heart. That isn't a heart that I'm seeing on a commercial or a movie that is in here in my chest. And it's been doing that for 50 some years for me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I had this very humble, somewhat remorseful, repentant kind of feeling like, God, I am sorry that I haven't been able to make better choices because of X, Y, and Z that I haven't done that. But I so respect the beauty of what you've provided me. Come good, good things came out of that one. Nothing's ever wasted on me, Nikki. I mean, like I, (laughs) I will find it some way to affect my person, but, um, I then learned not only am I um, okay for being a bit of a tub a tub that's in their fifties. I'm like really okay. Like the numbers when they put me on the nuclear did the nuclear test for my heart and everything. She goes, your heart opened up like like you were an athlete. You know, like it. And I thought, excuse not to do anything but um (laughs) i thought of this person that i hadn't met yet that's been faced with a health crisis of of all health crises Mm -hmm. and you are still so honoring of that gift of your body do you mind, and I know this is super personal, but I am so sure, Nikki, that there's someone listening right now, if not many, mm-hmm. that need to hear you speak today about what it is you're making your way through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little over a year ago, I was diagnosed with stage 3C ovarian cancer. Um, the C is just um, indicating that it had already made its way into my lymph nodes. So almost early stage four by the time we found it. Wow. Um, And that was at 41. And previous to that, I had no medical history whatsoever of um, cancer in my family, um, no health issues. I couldn't even tell you the last time I was actually at a doctor's office for just not being like, well, other than like your normal, you know, OBGYN checkups once a year, twice a year, whatever, you know. Um, But before that, super, super healthy, um, you know, riding my mountain bike. I had competed in a half Ironman. I um, just was, in my eyes, super healthy, like doing everything the right way. (laughs) And then life completely just flipped. And I heard stage 3C ovarian cancer. And I just, I was at home. I was uh, in a meeting. I was working at the time and uh, the oncologist called me and said, Hey, do you want to grab your husband really quick? And I'm like, no, he's in a meeting. He's fine. We don't need him. <laughs> um, Cause I had been scheduled for surgery to um, what they thought was just, you know, not cancer, not a tumor that they were going to remove. And then she had to inform me that unfortunately the CT scan came back and it had spread all through my abdomen. There was um, multiple ones everywhere Um, And so we weren't able to move to surgery. We had to get scheduled for chemo right away um, and start that whole process. And so I had to kind of process it all. And then we hung up the phone and then I'm like, how do I even 
tell this again to my husband, <laughs> how in the world am I going to uh, sit down and tell my four kids um, as a mama that just broke my heart. I never imagined there would ever be a day where I would have to think about um, not being part of their life, not attending a graduation, a wedding, um, picking up the phone when they want to vent or ask me my opinion on, um, on buying a new car. My son wanted to buy a truck the other a couple months ago, and he just called me because he wanted my opinion and thoughts and ideas on it. Um, so I just, all of it just flooded me. And I'm just like, why? Like, what's happening? And then I stopped myself immediately. And I didn't want to play that game. I didn't want to know why me. I didn't want to do life's not fair. This isn't fair. Because I knew in that moment, if I let those thoughts just start growing within me, they were going to take over. Because I just, I know the way I think and operate. And I had to stop it immediately. And I had to focus on, okay, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to deal with this? And how are we going to still choose joy? How are we still going to choose to honor God through this? How are we going to be a family? Even if cancer breaks us and it has broken us in so many different ways, I've explained to the kids <laughs> so many times, God uses broken in such beautiful ways, you guys. And this new perspective is a gift that you guys have been given. Um, so just trying to process it all and... Um, I don't know. I'm kind of going down different rabbit holes. So let me no, back no, up. no. Rabbit hole away. I'm, rabbit hole. I'm digging so many rabbit holes right here. <laughs> but yes, um, that was my initial diagnosis. And then we did so many different types of chemo, surgery, hysterectomy, um, complete hysterectomy, um, so many different treatments. And unfortunately, um, back in the end of August, early September of 2020, they told me I was platinum resistant, which means my body has stopped responding to the chemo that was supposed to cure me or really get rid of the cancer. And so we went to a new chemo and that worked for maybe three or four weeks. And then I built up a resistance to that. Then we tried a new chemo and that one actually worked for about three and a half months. But again, I built up a resistance to that. So, and now we're kind of to the point now where I'm on a new chemo, but unfortunately there's two new tumors that are causing some issues within my abdomen. Uh, one is pressing up against my um, ureter, which is not allowing my right kidney to drain properly. Okay. Um, that's why I have the nephrostomy too um, in my back that allows my right kidney to drain. Okay. Um, so that's definitely slowed me down and riding my bike and just trying to get out and be active, but um, doing the best I can with that. And then the other tumor, unfortunately, is blocking my ureter, which is not allowing me to release um, urine as well as I should be on my own. Okay. So I've had to learn how to self-cath myself to release that. So those are the present issues that um, we're kind of facing and challenges that I'm learning to deal with. And finding my new normal within all of those challenges that have just kind of recently popped up within the last two and a half, three months. So, so sorry, I was like, Bleh. no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I knew some of it. I didn't know all of the details, but 
I, like I said, I feel very strongly that there's someone listening that needs to hear every word you have to say. When I see any picture of you on social media, uh, I mean, I can't, I, I can't say that I've ever seen anything other than what I would deem. And I know social media, we can control what we put out there. I know you're, you, there are days when you uh, may not capture what you a face that is smiling, but I see this joy and this repeated presence of, of inner strength, of perseverance, of, I won't say a fearlessness, but there's like this something in your eyes that comes across. And, and then not to mention like today I saw a post where y'all were picking peaches. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like life, is continuing and you're taking it and embracing it positivity can go a good long way but positivity can it, it is not gonna it's no. not gonna produce that no. where does that come from oh that comes from jesus <laughs> and not to be like cliche or like i mean it honestly truly my faith is a hundred percent hands down, the only reason why I can get up every single morning, live every breath with intention, have peace that nobody else can understand, hope and love and joy that only comes from my, from my heavenly father, from my creator, from, I just, I can't imagine doing this without faith. I can't imagine moving through this horrific, suffering and pain that my family has been exposed to without having something bigger than us to fall back on and having his word and his promises carry us every single day because every day new challenges come up that weren't there yesterday mm -hmm. and I know as we get further into this diagnosis and things don't work anymore I know there's going to be more pain and more suffering but I also know his promises will go right alongside with all of that so I refuse to let fear hold me back, and I still refuse to let the devil or cancer steal my joy that he has given me every single day. So That is crazy awesome as I'm listening to you, and I have been um, a Jesus follower officially, you know, as it goes, since I was six years old. I had... Uh, an encounter at a very young age. I was raised in a Christian home, but I mean, my own personal, very yeah. childlike understanding of who Jesus is and the love that God has for me and where my faith is based on that sacrifice that Jesus yeah. made. So when I listen to you, I still now though, you are shooting me up with faith uh, in your story. And, and I, I know I have said the same thing and I've never walked your path, but in the, the loss and the things that have challenged me in my life and, um, things, you know, that we all can go through different stories. But, um, I have often thought, what do people do? Because yeah. I know that I stand very, uh, in a very small group of people in the larger circle of my friends in this, in the community that I work in, I am one of few that has um, a faith encounter that's alive with mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And I know that there's so much criticism 
um, of the Christian community and all that goes with it. And this is not, I, this is not a platform for me to take on. And I dare say you probably are not on that either. The heart of the matter here though, is that you are making your way through something that is, um, to coin a phrase, death defying. It is. It really, I mean, when you're presented with a timeline that you really didn't think that timeline wasn't going to be presented for maybe another 40 years, um, and you're told, you know, you only have 12 to 18 months to live, and I'm approaching that one-year mark very soon, um, I, I mean, it's so easy to let fear take over. So easy. It's so, it's natural almost just to live every day with all the things you can't do, the things you're going to miss, the things, and that just installs so much fear. And I mean, even in the last few months um, with going through so many different surgeries and having the nephrostomy tube placed and having to learn how to self-cath myself and not being able to move, my mind is still a very active 42-year-old and I want to go out and do all these things. And unfortunately, my body is not that anymore. And i was feeling really down and just starting to really have like just ungrateful thoughts and like this, I just, I don't know. I just wasn't being myself. And I love <laughs> Megan, um, called me out on it. And we had a really good discussion at the kitchen table one night and she really helped me. I love her honesty. Like just stop focusing on what you can't do, mom, focus on what you can do, focus on everything that you're still able to do. And in the moment, I was actually really upset and mad because I was like, I, that's so unfair for you to say. And why would you say that to me? And, and then I had time to process it. And I'm like, she's so right. Like, I am so blessed to have somebody in my life that will call me out and tell me, you know what? I can see that you're just, you're not doing well and you're focusing kind of on the negative stuff now, but like, knock it off. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> this isn't you type of a conversation and I was it was really good because I really did need that and I hope people have those types of people in their life that call them out and help get them back on track because um, they're so important they're so important where does it stand right now um, uh, I know that um, you're you're in the middle of a chemo stint a, a new one right a new yep. uh-huh and um i think that like so this airs this will air this week so on tuesday and so you said that you have chemo on monday but you are looking to uh another treatment since you've kind of hit some um exhausted roadblocks or exhaust exhausted yeah. a lot of options yeah so um this was actually presented to me maybe six months ago, and I just didn't think anything of it. And then it was presented again, the same place, same hospital by somebody completely different. It was presented a third time, same place, same everything. And I'm like, okay, I think somebody's trying to tell me something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little hard headed, so it takes a while, or it takes the cancer diagnosis to wake me up here. <laughs> All right, I hear you, God. Um, so there is a hospital that has been in Mexico. They've been established for a little over 40 years, and they offer some different types of immunotherapy that are just not available to us here in the U.S. yet. Yes. Not that the immunotherapies are new. Those have been around for a very long time. 
Um, but it really focuses on rebooting your immune system to start working for you. Because as anybody who's been around somebody with cancer, gone through chemo, radiation, chemo kills cancer cells, but it also kills all of your good cells as well. Right. right. And I have been on chemo for over a year. And so I have been, think of a boxer in a ring. I have been knocked down so many times, my immune system and we keep getting up. And at the beginning, I got up fast. And then maybe it took me a couple seconds. And now it's really taking me a lot longer to get back up and moving. Um, so my body has just been hit with so many different types of chemo um, that this option makes sense. And after we did some research on the different treatments that they've offered, using my immune system to work for me and reboot it and give yes. it the strength it needs to start recognizing these cancer cells and attack those just made sense to my husband and I. And we sat down and talked with the kids and we just feel like this is um, the next step in our journey um, and just attacking it from a different angle that we haven't used yet. Um, do, you know, do you know what to expect a little bit while you're there? Um, a little bit. I know the different treatments um, uh, that I'm be going through, which are super detailed, um, a lot to okay. go through. We also are doing some ozone therapy, some high dose vitamin C, K3. Um, so we're going to be doing some other different types of treatment. Um, the one I'm kind of nervous about is <laughs> the diet they're going to be putting me on. It's just going to be very, just like um, juice only, lots of vegetables. So I'm really nervous because I kind of like my carbs <laughs> uh, here and there. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just juice only with lots of vegetables is going to be um, a little bit of a challenge for me just because when I get hungry, I get angry and then I get frustrated and then I'm like, forget all of this. And then, <laughs> so um, yeah, the diet that they're going to put me on is the only thing I'm nervous. I'm not really nervous about all the uh, treatments because I'm like, I've been through so much already. Like, you know, what else can throw at me type of a thing, but um, the diet I am a little bit uh, nervous about. Are you, are you concerned too about weight loss? A little bit, um, and I had brought that up to them, and they said that I work really close with a, a nutritionist there, so they said sometimes if they see that happening, they might add a little protein or a little chicken in for somebody who needs that, um, but I've been slowly prepping my body and like um, we only do juices like for breakfast or I've been eating a ton of different vegetables and I've always ate really clean anyways, but I've been trying to cut back just so it's not a huge shock when shock. I do. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been slowly incorporating a lot of that just to kind of get ready for it. But I think once I'm there and I'm going through everything and I don't know, when I go through different treatments, you never know what your body's going to crave or want. Right. Um, you know, my husband will ask me, you know, for chemo on Monday, oh, what do you want for dinner on Monday night? I, I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you Monday night when I'm feeling, <laughs> I don't know. Oops, wait a minute, you went away. Something came up. Um, no, there you are. There you are. It was like asking me to install Adobe and I'm like, no, I'm talking to somebody right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so your husband gets to go with you. He does. I get to bring a companion. We'll be inpatient staying at the hospital. Um, it's called Chipsaw. Um, and so he gets to have a little bed right next to me and they say there's Wi-Fi there. So he'll be able to continue to work, which is a huge blessing. 
Um, so he's, he's all for, he's excited, something he's wanted to do for a while. Um, it was just convincing me. I'm a little hard headed. <laughs> um, when do you guys leave? We leave May 23rd. Okay. Yeah. And we'll be returning June 13th or 14th ish. Okay. So that's like, you, yeah. you're leaving in like a couple weeks. Yeah. Not this Sunday, but next. So not tomorrow, but the next. Yes. Oh Correct. my gosh, time flies. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I do know, and I and you have not mentioned this to me at all, but I do know that um, there's a significant expense to do this out of your own pocket. I'm assuming it right? is. Unfortunately, you know they don't take our insurance in Mexico. <laughs> right. Um, and I had seen something that my brother had shared. And you have passed along. You also educated me on the technology of a Zoom uh, meeting that there's actually something called a chat. Because I told yes. you that if there was ever a, to a t time for the term idiot, it was really right now with me because technology and I just are, are, are not um, familiar with one another. But um, you've sent me the information in a chat, but can you also just read it off right now? So anyone who's listening, the nature of what this is, it's instead of say a GoFundMe situation, mm -hmm. it is a company that has set up a link just for you. And they actually get some really wonderful and delicious things from a quote unquote donation or purchase of a, of a specific amount. And you guys get that total amount. So things have been donated um, to offset the cost of what those items are for this company and you receive the full Correct. amount, right? Correct. Yeah. So just a little background. My husband works um, in the Facebook marketing world and he works with all of these companies. These are companies that have just kind of been following us. Um, I did some social media stuff for the actual Eastern Standard Provisions company that did um, some of the donating as well. So they came to us and they said, you know, what can we do? And we said, what if we were to put a box together? So when people donate, they were blessed with something as well. Um, obviously we are blessed with, um, you know, them helping us financially. So these companies came together and they donated a hundred percent of everything, even wow. all the shipping of the boxes out was donated. Wow. Yeah, which is a huge cost for the company um, to ship these boxes all over. Um, yeah. At our last count, we were at like 210 boxes. What? Yeah, so that's, I mean, just, the, I mean, in the shipping world alone, and I know just because my husband's been in this world, I know that's a huge cost that's already been donated. Um, but the pretzel company um, donated um, Eastern Standard Provisions. Let me see, I have my little list here. Um, we have O2 that has amazing like hydration drinks that I like to drink just because they have no sugar in them and they're just really good. They help balance out my electrolytes because I get sick a lot. Um, yeah. So they donated. <laughs> Pistol Lake has donated some product and let's see, I think Drink Hero Coffee. Yeah, Hero Coffee is donated. So they get some delicious food, some drinks, some samples of some like really great drink product. But again, these companies have been amazing and they donated all of it for us. So um, if I have um, listeners that would like to go in support of you guys and this journey that you're heading out on in just mm -hmm. a week, 
um, besides any prayer that we know that we're calling for. I know I have a lot of faith-based listeners. I have many who aren't, but y'all can pray too. Um, but yeah. that we pray for an intervention and for, yeah. for um, you know, we never know what God is up to we can't he i we do know that all he is after our good he is after doing what is best for us and so this time that you're going to be down there we can trust we can trust that but um for the financial part of it this is a wonderful opportunity for someone to get uh, some yummy pretzels and then some, and I do know that water that you're talking about, the O2, right? Or the, yeah. The, the, yeah. But uh, how can you just read off that? And then I will also include it in my notes. Yes. Yeah. So let me see here. That link is going to be esprovisions.com. And E as in Edward, S as in Sam, provisions.com. And that link itself is just for you guys correct yes right okay yes. so they can go and purchase this box and you <laughs> get the uh full amount the proceeds oh, from that 100 percent of it is amazing it is so blessed they've been so generous and we have been i mean it takes a village <laughs> i mean our community cyclists, our friends, our families, these companies. I mean, I've met complete strangers. Like it's just been amazing to sit back and see and watch what God can do and see his promises come to life. I know we read about them and we might hear about them from other people. And sometimes we might feel, well, he wouldn't do that for me, or I've never felt that way. Or, you know, why isn't God doing this in my life? But I think if we were just to sit back and listen and be still you will see God working in ways you cannot imagine. And that has happened to me time and time again through this entire cancer journey. Um, I mean, it's just been amazing to sit back and just watch God do what he does. And even if this is the hugest thing for me, the biggest perspective and the biggest gift cancer has given me, and I know that sounds weird to say cancer has been a gift, but it has given me a perspective that I would not have had um, unless this diagnosis was given to me, but it's taken me so much deeper into my faith. And then it's allowed me to share that with other people. And it's just been, it's just been a huge blessing. I'm well, so blessed for the perspective that it's given me and given my kids and my family. I don't think they would have reached that without a cancer diagnosis. That is huge to hear you say. I can, yeah. I can get my mind around it, but it's a stretch. But I can only do that because I'm looking at you and I believe you 100%. And if there's anyone listening that's doubting that, I just have to echo that you are so much the real deal. And um, I, though I wish that you and I had had an opportunity to meet first face to face, this has been such a blessing. And I can't... Um, I can't state clearly enough how I am so sure inside my very spirit that this is a blessing to everyone who's listening. And I want you to know that I am praying for you in a way that um, is, I guess, essentially new to me in, in, in the fullness of it because I, I, um, 
I have this call to pray for you. And I thank you so much during all of this that you have going on, that you took time to come and share with, um, with the people that listen to my podcast and we will get that information out to them. Nikki, you're just joy and you're beautiful and I am so honored and I know that you and I'll have a chance to meet face to face when you get back and I know there's stories that will be told to tell but I just um, I have you in my heart and in my prayers and I know that many of the people that listen to my podcast are going to be right there along with me I'm going to say goodbye to you so that we can let you get back to your day. Don't go anywhere because I like to say goodbye just you and I after I stop the recording. Awesome. But Thank is there you. anything else you would like to say to oh, my folks before I mean, you go? first and foremost, I'm a huge fan of yours. I don't think ah. you realize how giddy and excited I was when you asked me to do this with you. Um, I just... I fell in love with your voice and your attitude and the videos you were posting on Facebook. Um, I think the lemonade one was the very first one I ever saw of you. And I said, I need to meet this lady. She's amazing. She's awesome. Um, oh, wow. I started talking to Megan. I'm like, is she at family functions? Do you think I can <laughs> <laughs> How do you get me into some of these family functions? I want to see her. I want to meet her. Um, I just think that you bring so much joy and laughter to people that you don't even realize that because I was a complete stranger listening to your podcast, never met you, didn't really know anything about you, laughing so hard in the midst of my struggles and my heart. Um, and I was just, I'm like, I'm going to meet her one day. I'm going to meet her. And look, I'm here. Um, you're on it. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh. Thank you for being you. Thank you for having the faith in this podcast and stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something that maybe you weren't comfortable with because you have blessed so many others with it. And I honestly, truly am a fan and feel honored to be here with you. Oh, girly. You, you have me all teared up and <laughs> I'm, I'm so the tables around, but I thank you. And I, I, you are, um, you are an inspiration in a way that I would not have ever dreamed or saw it coming. Even what you were talking about a little earlier and we can do it on your next visit, but, um, cause I'm going to have you back, but, uh, talking about how some of the foods that you have had to look at differently, the joy that eating has given you. And because of the, the medications and, and the tumors and pain and things like that are associated to even the shift in food. I think that that, I thought, wow. I mean, I am not in your position, but God is talking to me and making things whole and new in me um, through your pain. And I feel a little weirded out about that. Just a little. I love you know, that. I love that though. Right there. That, I mean, if I can help somebody in some way through this, oh man, it's all worth it. Like I would do it again in a blink of an eye. That's like, crazy. I That's mean, so I love it. Yeah. Less of me, more of him. So man. We'll end on that because that's what I want to say for myself too. Don't go anywhere. Okay. I love you, Nikki. I can say that from the bottom yep. of my heart. And I know my audience is going to too. We're gonna say goodbye right now, but hang on, sweetheart, okay? okay. All right. Thank you, sweet Nicole. Until we meet again.